coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. You don't need to end up having Alzheimer's or dementia type and cognitive decline. It is not just old age. 95% of it is lifestyle cause. Only 5% is what's called familia, which comes from uh, the family, the inheritance, the genes. And even then, there's something you can do about it to reduce that. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, oh yeah, we, we like, like to have fun, fun too. <laughs> so let's, let's get, get on, on with the show. Well, hello and welcome to the MD and Chef Team show. How's it going, everyone? Well, today you've got the chef. This is nutritional chef Michael here from Doctor on a Mission. How are you doing? Oh, I'm riding solo today, so I'm going to be coming to you talking about a topic we hear about so much, but we don't always associate it to brain health. Today, I'm going to talk about chronic inflammation. This word inflammation is such a hot topic out there. You hear about it all the time, people talking about inflammation, but do we really understand what it is? And and do we understand how inflammation, especially chronic inflammation, affects our brain health? our mental health, and our cognition later on in life. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to give you five action steps or five main big ideas of how you can reduce your chronic inflammation to enhance your brain health. Because that's one of the things that we're all about here at Doctor on a Mission. Well, hopefully you're doing well out there. I'm going to launch into this. It's great coming to you wherever you are in the world whether you're walking, in the gym, or what you may be doing while you're listening to this podcast. So today I'm going to talk about how chronic inflammation negatively impacts your brain health. So we want to learn how to reduce that inflammation and boost your brain power with some simple lifestyle changes. Because inflammation, I want you to think about this word inflammation. Inflammation, you can think of it as a fire. Inflammation is fire. Okay, so throughout your body, when there's inflammation, it could be just a small little smolder. You know, imagine a fire. You know, fires usually start off with just maybe a spark, maybe just a little timber flame or just something smoking. And then eventually it turns into this big boom, this big fire, this big blaze. So a lot of times, I would say most people right now, uh, actually surveys show that research shows, shall I say, that 85% of people right now walking around in the world have some sort of inflammation going on throughout their body. Now, today I'm going to be talking really about brain health and inflammation in the brain. 
But 85% of people are walking around with some kind of inflammation right now. They might not realize it, but you know, when you're walking around or when you were in life because you're with yourself 24-7, you might be just noticing some little things going on. Uh, my elbow's a little sore. My knee's a little sore. Or just something doesn't feel right or something's going on. It could even be in, in the gut health or something with my mind. Maybe I get little headaches and things. This is fire. This is inflammation. And the problem with inflammation, it starts off as just something we think is small. Hey, that's no big deal. It's just kind of going on. Maybe it's just old age, just life. And then it gets a little bit more and a little bit more. And all of a sudden, we got a fire. We got symptoms of something really bad going on. And now we have this fire. I want to just from a kind of body medical term, just understand that inflammation is your body's natural response to an injury or infection. It's it's really crucial in healing process. It eliminates harmful stimuli and initiates tissue repair. But when it becomes chronic, that's when it becomes detrimental on our organs and, and all the other parts of the body, including the brain. I mean, if I cut myself, I get some inflammation around the cut. My body is get, is reacting to that, and it's going to naturally do what it needs to do to heal around that, and I'll get a swelling, and you know I'll take care of it. And then once the healing's gone, it'll come back to normal. It'll be fine. However, when we have some inflammation going on, and usually these are lifestyle types of inflammation, which I'm going to talk about, and it's chronic, chronic meaning that it's constantly going on. That means there was a little smoldering going, just as I talked about with a fire analogy, and all of a sudden we got a blaze happening somewhere. That's when we end up with major problems. And the problem with that is, that's when we usually go to see a doctor. My wife, my beautiful wife, Dr. Isabel, you are a doctor in a mission, be the first one to tell you when, when people come to her with these symptoms of whether it's uh, mental health, brain health, or physical health issues, that the fire has been smoldering for a while. And now the symptoms are too much that people can't handle it anymore. And it's like, I got to go see the doctor. Well, now we got to go back. We've got to go upstream and find out what's been happening. So let's talk about how we can reduce inflammation, especially around brain health, because when we have inflammation of the brain, this can lead to cognitive decline and Alzheimer's of the dementia type. And I imagine that is not somewhere you want to go. I know it's not where I want to go. We're working with people preventing and reversing that. But if you've known of anybody who's had uh, Alzheimer's of the dementia type, that can get, shall I say, not very nice. So let's talk about uh, number one, what we can do. It's going to be dietary changes. It's going to be a healthy eating lifestyle. This is probably the most effective way that we combat chronic inflammation. I want to talk about a kind of what's called a keto flex style of eating, and that's mildly ketogenic. We've heard about ketogenic diets, but this is not ketogenic where you eat a whole bunch of meat and maybe a little bit of fat and you know no carbs or anything like that. No, we're talking mildly ketogenic, plant-based, healthy eating lifestyle, meaning where the flex part comes in means you could do meats, you could be vegan, you could be vegetarian. The protein is of your choice, but the protein is not the main part of the meal. 
the main part of the meal is your vegetables and greens, your plant-based foods is the main part of any meal. It's the main part of the eating lifestyle. And then some healthy proteins and some quality good fats like extra virgin olive oil, any kind of avocado or avocado products, nuts, seeds, olives, uh, those types of products. Now, these incorporate really good foods, which are high in antioxidants. They have good omega-3 fatty acids, anti-inflammatory, and they can support brain health. When you've got a ketoflex style of eating and you have a lot of veggies and a lot of greens, you're not getting glucose spikes. You're, you know, they are not being turned into sugars in your bodies. Now, don't be afraid of the word carbohydrates because, yes, vegetables and salad greens are carbohydrates. They are great carbohydrates because they're very glucose-stable, meaning they will not cause high spikes of sugars throughout your body. Whereas the other carbohydrates, kind of like, let's say, breads, cookies, uh, pastas, rice, all those types of things, and, and the sweet goodies, where actually fruits, yes, fruits have a lot of natural sugar. So a little bit of fruit's good. I highly recommend blueberries. Blueberries are very nice and there are certain fruits that are okay in moderation. But the things with sugars, the foods with sugars and the foods with carbohydrates that have no nutrient value that can spike your glucose we want to stay away from those. So we're going to have our carbohydrates from vegetables and greens. So that's our effective way to combat inflammation through a healthy eating lifestyle. Another factor is you want to have some overnight fasting. This is not about fasting in this podcast, but I would say a minimum of 12 hours. Uh, 14 hours is usually a sweet spot for most people. We're all a little bit different. Some people 16, some 14, some 12, but a minimum overnight fasting of 12 hours is recommended. And then not eating three hours before bed. Why? Because we want to give our digestive system, our body organs, our brain, hey, when we're resting, we should be resting. So you don't want to be putting a whole bunch of food into your digestive system to work during the night. Also, would help lower the glucose levels before you go to bed. It just lets everything actually rest as it should. And that's how you can actually get a very nice overnight intermittent fasting. At least if you can do two hours of not eating before bed, that's a very good mood move. You want to shoot for three hours before bed. Okay, so another healthy lifestyle way of reducing chronic inflammation, because what we want to do is reduce that chronic inflammation, because that can contribute to development of diseases. They are, these are neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and inflammation in the brain can lead us to accumulation of toxic proteins. Well, they will cause destruction of our nerve cells, bottom line, and it impairs our cognitive function. So it's very, very important to take some steps to reduce the, in our inflammation and protect our brain health. So number one, we talked about the good ways of having a healthy lifestyle eating plan. Number two is regular exercise. This is a very powerful tool in reducing inflammation. Physical activity, whatever that may be for you. Hey, maybe you're already moving and got the body going. 
fantastic. A lot of people don't. Even if you just set a baseline minimum to walk 30 to 60 minutes a day, fantastic. Just get out, get the body moving. If you can do some resistance training, highly, highly recommended. Another thing we know is leg strength, strong leg strength or strong leg strength. That seems kind of almost like a double thing going on there, but (laughs) good leg strength leads to great brain health. So we want to make sure our quads are strong, our legs are strong. You can do squats every day. Fantastic. But work on your leg strength because it's great for your brain health. It's also good for the stability of your body. So we all want to have that good leg strength. But just get out moving, whether it it might be some walking and maybe it's some swimming, cycling. But just get out there, get the body moving. Like I said, if you can do resistance, do upper body resistance. Do some abdominal work, do some leg strengthening, just get the body moving because that will help with chronic inflammation lower because we're looking to lower that fire and actually put the fire out of chronic inflammation, especially in the brain. Number three is managing stress. All right, stress is going to come. I mean, I guess why we call it managing stress because I'm not saying eliminate stress because that's not going to happen. Life is life. Stuff's going to happen. We're going to get banged around in life. That's just the way it is. However, it's how we respond to it. And the thing is, when we start getting these healthy lifestyle choices correct, we will be able to respond better. How would you like to feel a sense of clarity, focus, and mental sharpness that enables you to tackle any challenge with ease? Can you envision experiencing a better memory and recall, allowing you to easily remember important details, names, and events? What could you accomplish if your mental energy is always high, allowing you to stay alert and productive throughout the day without feeling mentally fatigued or foggy? How great would it feel when you experience better quality sleep, allowing your brain to rest and recharge, leading to increased productivity and creativity. Imagine feeling a sense of calmness and control, allowing you to manage stress and anxiety with ease, giving you the confidence to handle any situation. Be honest with yourself. When was the last time you experienced an overall sense of well-being and satisfaction? You see, your brain health positively impacts all areas of your life, from work to relationships and personal growth. Just visualize how amazing it would feel to have optimal brain health and unlock your full potential. If you want to learn more, and I know you do, then check out the link in the show notes for the Optimizing Your Brain Health Community. And we look forward to seeing you there. And now, back to the rest of the show. Because when we are not eating properly, when we are eating a whole bunch of, let's say, the bad carbs, where we got a lot of bread and pastas and just the cookies and crackers and cakes and all that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying. Those are all high glucose spikes. They are not good for brain health. They're bad for our gut health. Uh, They are going to cause us to be more reactionary in our brain. 
as far as what comes out of our mouth and our, our actions on a daily basis instead of responding. When there is stress, we will not handle it well. If we're not getting any kind of exercise, it's so good for reducing our stress. So all these lifestyle factors that I'm talking about with chronic inflammation are actually stress management tools. So they there's multiple factors going on here. So I'm I took I'm talking about stress management, not stress elimination, because that's that's just impossible. If you're into prayer, if you're into meditation, if you're into yoga, whatever works for you, but allowing your brain to rest might be just quiet times where you're reading a book. But we all need these stress management tools to allow our brain to relax. That's another reason why overnight, uh, not eating, like I say, three hours before bed, and if you could do two hours, fantastic. But not eating before bed allows our brain to relax overnight, shutting all all the electronic stuff down a minimum of an hour before bedtime. So we're not like just so wired. And then all of a sudden we turn everything off. We turn off the phone. We turn off the, you know, anything, any kind of device that we might be watching, you know, everything from a TV to a laptop to a computer, turning our router off before bed. I mean, within that last hour, just winding down what we're doing, because now I'm kind of jumping into my next one, which is sleep. But these are all great getting great sleep. These are all great tools to reduce stress. We're not going to eliminate it, but we want to manage it and reduce it so that when stress comes, we handle it so much better. And that's the key is how do we handle the stresses of life? Because that's going to help us with our brain health too. Because if you are constantly under stress and you are constantly not handling it well because you're making poor lifestyle choices on a daily basis, it will only add to the fire in your brain. And that's not good. As I discussed earlier, that can lead to the neurodegenerative diseases as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, all those different types of diseases. And none of us want to go there. So as I was talking about number four and in, in lifestyle choices we could do, I kind of led into a little bit of sleep. And I think the biggie to understand is We used to, in the caveman days, before light, let's say, before light was invented, we had, we slept by the circadian rhythm. Our natural body, when it goes dark, uh, and our eyes notice that, you know, all of a sudden at sunset, our natural body starts to create melatonin, which is this basically the sleep hormone. And the body just kind of starts to go, Oh, it's kind of time to go to bed. So before light, we would go to sleep at the dark at sunset, probably right after sunset. We'd, that would be it for the night. And we'd wake up to the sunrise. Our, uh, the sunlight would hit our eyes and boom, we'd say, oh, time to wake up. But now we have light. We have devices. We have all this stuff going on. We're not running on our normal circadian rhythm. So we are wired until all of a sudden, we decide to turn everything off and then lay down and go to bed. Well, the body hasn't kicked into sleep mode yet. You might be laying there in the darkness saying, well, I cannot not fall asleep. Well, your body's kind of like, well, because I'm wired and I'm not quite there yet. We have to help 
our natural circadian rhythm at nighttime, and that's really winding down. I mean, you know, you could start a few hours before bedtime, but at least an hour before bedtime, start winding down what you're doing. You, it's basically sleep hygiene because you're looking to get a good seven to eight hours of sleep every night. A lot of people I know are not getting that. When Isabel and I work with people with uh, preventing and reversing Alzheimer's, I would say nine out of 10 people are not getting seven to eight hours of sleep. Most of them are getting four to six hours and they've been doing it for years. They've struggled with sleep. And it's one of the, one of, one of the challenges that people have with that type of inflammation of the brain is sleep. It's a biggie. That's a great way. So just remember, I need to help my body wind down before I actually think I'm going to sleep, shall I say. Because if you don't, you're not actually going to sleep right away. Your body's saying, give me a chance here. And you wonder, why Why am I laying awake? Or if you're somebody that drinks alcohol before bedtime, you might kind of crash, shall I say, because it's, you know, alcohol. But then you tend to wake up during the night because that's the kind of, that's the effect that alcohol has. So that's not a good one either right before bedtime. So if you do drink alcohol, try to do that two to three hours before bedtime. That'll help you out on that. And lastly, let's talk about hydration. I mean, it is so, so important. Water flushes out the toxins from our body. It keeps our cells functioning optimally. So we want to uh, aim to drink. Well, it depends on this, your size. Uh, there's lots of calculators online you can you can look at up online. Now, I know if you're a, shall I say, middle in your metric system, you want to have three milliliters of water per kg of body weight. Now, the only caveat with that is if you've got some respiratory or heart problems, you want to check with your doctor on that. We don't want you actually drowning in water. You have to be a little bit careful. But for the general public, 30 mils of water per kg of body weight, you'd be just about right on for what you need to have for water. And again, if you're somebody that's drinking a lot of caffeine, that's water and tea caffeine, then you're going to need to hydrate more or definitely cut back on that caffeine. And if you're drinking a lot of sugary drinks, well, that's just dehydrating you. So my suggestion is, you know, two cups of coffee maximum a day or two cups of a caffeine drink maximum per day. And when I mean, say that, I mean a, a coffee and or a tea, two a day maximum. And make sure you're getting enough water to clean out the toxins, clean out the systems, keep your brain healthy. Your brain needs great hydration. Uh, so yes, chronic inflammation can have such a negative impact on our brain health. And just by adapting some of these simple lifestyle changes, by following an anti-inflammatory eating lifestyle, like I talked about, a, a keto flex meeting, mildly ketogenic, plant-based eating, where the main part of your meal is vegetables and greens, a little bit of quality protein, and some great good fats. That'd be an awesome way of going. Staying away from eating three hours before bedtime, at least two as a minimum, and looking at an overnight fasting of a minimum 12 hours, 14 hours is a normal sweet spot for most people, but we are slightly all a little different. And then engaging in some regular exercise, managing stress. So doing what you need to do and all these different factors will help lower stress because we're not going to eliminate it. 
and then you know some great practices around stress relief whether it's you need meditation whether you're a prayer type of person that's what i am i spend time with god in prayer and it just ah relaxes me yoga is fantastic many other different practices you can try and then you want to prioritize your sleep you want to look at winding down way before you decide to actually shut everything off and go to bed you want to give your body a chance to go ah yes it's time for sleep and then making sure you stay hydrated with water good filtered water good clean water then you can reduce the chronic inflammation. Then you can reduce the inflammation. You can reduce the fire in your brain and boost your brain power. So take these proactive steps today, protect your brain health, and get a healthier, more vibrant, shall I say vibrant future, not a vibrant, a vibrant future. So thank you for joining me today on this podcast. I hope it makes a difference for you to understand how to reduce chronic inflammation, especially of your brain health, because it is so, so important. Ah, and my our wish and our goal here is that, you know, at least prevention-wise, you understand that you don't need to end up having Alzheimer's or dementia type and cognitive decline. It is not just old age. 95% of it is lifestyle cause. Only 5% is what's called familia, which comes from uh, the family, the inheritance, the genes. And even then, there's something you can do about it to reduce that. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been Chef Michael, nutritionist and health coach here at Doctor on a Mission. I've had a wonderful time sharing with you today. Bye for now. Love you and God bless you. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.